Precious Holy Spirit, we've come. Without you, we are noise makers. At best, scholars. But by your spirit, we are agents of transformation. Thank you for light this evening. Jesus alone is glorified. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Hmm. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15 has been our anchor scripture. It says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven. What was the fuzz about? It was an announcement. It was a proclamation that the kingdoms of this world are become, please stay with us this evening, you are going to be very blessed are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign. Jesus the King, Christ the King, shall reign forever and ever. Glory to God. Genesis chapter 1 has been the pivot scripture for the dominion mandate, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, all the way to verse 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the beds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. We've broken this down in previous installments. Verse 28, then God blessed them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Glory to God. Hmm. For a quick recap, this is definitely not sufficient if you've missed the previous installments but i i believe it will for those who are not with us i believe it will whet your appetite enough all right to go revisit and let me say this even for those of us who listen you need to trust god for a plan to systematically revisit god's word i can tell you confidently that as you are listening now at, at best, you are picking what is happening now is exposure. The first listening, listening, hmm, it is well. <laughs> the first listening is really an exposure. You are being exposed to the word. The second one is really the first. And really, if you want a transformation of the life of the word, you will go there. I've listened to some generals of the faith say they've listened to certain sermons in the thousands without exaggeration in the thousands in the thousands so this 
I just heard it. It, it, it it's, it's like I, I am aware something was said. I want to encourage you, if you can have a plan, to at least release in. In the barest minimum, releasing, releasing, you will see the big difference it will make in your life. Glory to God. Hmm. So concerning the first Adam, the version one mankind, we itemized his key strengths, which is what I'm going to emphasize this evening. That first version mankind was made in the image of Elohim. That first version received the dominion mandate and was also the one who sold it, who sold us. That version was made for intimacy and for relationship of all God's creation. There is none that he can have communion with. There is absolutely none that he can have fellowship with. He can have koinonia, a, a mingling, a participatory communion. There is none he, he, he can't do it with birds. He can't do it with trees. Yes, they can praise him for let everything that has breath praise the Lord, the trees, even the frogs with their amazing voices, the petals of the flowers, the sap in the trunks, the fish in the sea, the big whales, the tiny ants, the microscopic organisms, the big massive mammals that we know all of them praising but none can have intimacy. You cross from the worlds known to the worlds unknown. Angels cannot perform this function. The cherubs, the seraphs. That's English. I should say cherubim. All right. But when I say cherubs, I'm, because I'm speaking English. Glory to God. I said glory to God. It is you. It is you. What is man that you're mindful of him? It is, it is you that is built for that. And this version one, I, I, I was almost carried away that this is a recap. This version one knew only abundance. It knew only abundance. And the final one there operated in godlike abilities. Godlike abilities. Last week, we learned about the second Adam. He was born and he grew. There was a commitment to waxing strong in spirit. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. Number two, this version had authority over demons. These signs shall follow those who believe in my name, with my authority, by my seal. They will cast out demons. The next is that they had authority. He exemplified it as a prototype of the new creation Authority over storms, over elements, over the sun, over the moon. That is real dominion coming to fore. He secured victory of the firstborn on behalf of the sons. We broke this down and then unleashed, made it possible. He says it is expedient. It is to your advantage that I live. Glory to God. Hmm. We're going to be very blessed as we unveil the last Adam. Now, let me make a couple of points before we delve into the, the uniqueness. This one has no weakness. This is God's perfect perfection. This is God's best, for, for lack of 
better words in human language to communicate this reality. This is it. This really is the frequency of absolute dominion. This is that lane. And, and, and I mentioned this in passing. It is important that we emphasize this, emphasize this this week. Very critical. That certain men in the old covenant who were subsets of the first mankind by the strength of the priesthood that they did. They were able to bring in flickers of, of a version two new creation reality that we could see men in the old covenant that were born and grew and showed authority over elements. That Joshua, boy, oh boy, I am, I, we need to stay on track. You know, if you checked Joshua's birth certificate, the name there was not Joshua. His father didn't name him Joshua. It was Moses, the servant of God. <laughs> Glory to God. Let's, let's stay on track. Someone just needed to hear that so you can go check it out. Say, PD, PD. Everybody knows he's Joshua, son of none. Everybody knows. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> Glory to God. Hmm. So there is, a, there is an intensity of priesthood that makes you to operate at the level before it's time. And the goal of this evening's teaching is not for you to fast track your existence in this lane, but to know that right here in the now, it does not yet, it, it does not yet appear how we shall be. Hmm. But there is a possibility in this time, in the here and in the now, with intense priesthood, that we can have flickers of this existence, even as new creation in the earth, with the limit of this body, but with the fullness of the spirit that has found maximum expression by the depths and the intensity of priesthood. That's the main reason we're having this conversation this evening. Hmm. The second main reason we're having the conversation about the last Adam is to spur you, is to spur me to evangelize and take the good news of the gospel to as many who think this thing is a joke. We said in one of the previous teachings that the way you become a part of the first mankind is by being born in the flesh. A man meets a woman. There is a product in sin that my mother conceived me. That person is a progenitor of Adam receiving by no act of theirs, but by that, by that corporate bundling. And we we'll begin to see this in scripture. That person already received a nature. Nobody teaches children to lie. Nobody teaches us to steal. There is a law at work in us that has coded the unregenerated DNA towards entropy. In science, they will tell you that everything normally tends towards disorderliness. If a car is unused, if a house is uninhabited, it doesn't just get cleaner. If a life is not deliberate, it doesn't just get better. People don't just exhibit dominion accidentally. It is very, very, very deliberate. Hmm. So you and I should be charged up because the version one is by birth. The version two is by being born again. As the ticket that unlocks version three, 
a resurrection into eternal life that you receive as version 2. Don't worry, all of this will make sense shortly as we begin to break this down. I believe this is the teaching that will not be lengthy. Someone said, PD, every time you've said that, <laughs> all right, so our faith, we'll keep believing. It will happen in our time. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have four areas to unveil in the last Adam by the help of the Spirit this evening. Number one, this last Adam, and we said this is the resurrected Christ as a first fruits and a promise of all of us that will attain the resurrection that he attained. I'll explain that shortly. Number one, the last Adam guarantees resurrection. Guarantees resurrection. Number two, the last Adam guarantees a new body. A new body. This body is built and designed for eternity. That is a very big statement to make. It is built and designed for eternity. Number three, the last Adam made it possible for us to move from being partakers to being possessors of the divine life. In the new creation, second Adam existence, we are partakers to partake. I, I, I'm just giving an overview, but to partake means you've invited me to share in a meal. To possess means that this plate is mine. Somebody said, PD, I like that illustration. I am, I am now going to become possessor of the kitchen in this house. <laughs> tell, tell them, if anybody wants to bully you to not sharing, tell them, relax. Yeah, second Adam. Relax. And number four, number four, the last Adam attained the possibility of true limitlessness. It's limitless. It's limitless. The first one, he resurrected Christ, and you and I will find ourselves in him. The implications for us while we are here and the implications for us while we are with and in him for eternity. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. I need you to rejoice at the word. I need you to get excited at the word. I need someone to get encouraged that I can do intense priesthood and begin to see flickers of this. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. Number one, this last Adam or Adam, as you would prefer to call it, guarantees resurrection. The concept of resurrection has always been a dividing line even amongst Jewish scholars. As you may know, some of the most elite sects of the Jewish, let's use another big word, but let me just relax. All right, we had the Pharisees and we had the Sadducees. The, the major doctrinal difference was the concept of resurrection. The, the Sadducees could not bring themselves to accept of an existence beyond death, not knowing that death is not the end. This physical cessation of life in a body. And we've seen numerous examples where many were raised from the dead in the old covenant. 
Many examples that time will not allow us to go into. Many prophecies. Job prophesied. Daniel prophesied. Isaiah gave vivid prophecies of literally the, the earth casting out its dead. Clear prophet. And these guys memorized it. Clear, prophetic, accurate descriptions of a life beyond the life we know now. Jesus in the new covenant. The apostles were able to, in their various ministries, bring back many who had died. One of the most popular will be Lazarus, come forth, the son of the widow of Nain. One will be Apostle Peter being invited, dragged into Joppa. Says this lady, Dorcas, she can't die. And our friend, the young man who was listening to the Apostle Paul, the, the message was too long. He literally fell down and died. And Paul just got there and did the needful. Multiple examples in scripture. Guess what? All of those people died again. Hmm. All of those people died again. The only one, the first of his kind, glory to Jesus, who rose and defeated death permanently and said, you, there, there, there is no room for you here. You can't, you can't. You, you, you know the audacity when you, when you studied the story of Lazarus? It says that the Jews came and they saw that Jesus was packing more crowds. Not just because they had come to see Jesus, but they had come to verify that Lazarus we know was dead. We know was buried. We know was stinking. We were the ones that did the embalming. We were so sure this is practical dead Lazarus. It tells us that many came just to verify. They didn't come to hear Jesus. They came to check, is, is he alive? Is he, is he moving? Can he talk? Can we move near him? And Lazarus was just there busy, busy living. He says that the Jews thought of ways to kill him again. Eventually, Lazarus died. And at the sound of the trump, the dead in Christ, glory to God. This, see, see, hear me, child. Let, let me go to God's word. Romans chapter 11. This is, this is a teaser for the next scripture that is about to come. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. I know you know it, but let's see it. It says, but if the spirits of him who raised Jesus from the dead. Remember every other place where we saw resurrection happen, there was an external force that compelled it. Even the one that happened at the grave of Elijah, we know that those bones, glory to God, those bones still carried something. There was an external force that compelled it. But when Jesus was there in that grave, the, the, the guys that he had trained and raised, maybe that could have gathered at the tomb, and say, Father, bring him back. Jesus, get up, get up. All of them were scattered. It tells us that there was a compelling power of resurrection. The same one that will see to it that you and I will rise again, never to die again. It says that spirit raised Jesus from the dead. And if he dwells in you, this is a scripture about 2.0, not even 3. If he dwells in you, he is a person, not a force, not wind. <laughs> a person, if he who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised him will also give life to your mortal bodies. Mortal bodies. This is not even 3.0. That's why I'm saying we are reading this to quicken you. Imagine this spirit now powering an immortal body. Just think about it. Think about it. Imagine 
the engine of a Lamborghini in a tricycle. Just think about it. That's really what Paul is saying here. He says, you have this engine. Scratch that. Scratch it. Not Lamborghini. A Boeing 787. A Dreamliner on an Airbus. A plane engine in a bicycle. It says there are things that bicycle will be, able to, will be able to do. If your mortal body is quickened, there are things it will be able to do now. Boy, put that engine in a Dreamliner. I don't know if you can tell. I want to jump out of this screen into your house and tell you, shout about resurrection power. If all our hope is in this earth, we are of all men most miserable. It doesn't end here. It is painful when you see people packing, literally packing, as though this is where it ends, slaving, killing. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20, the entire chapter is a beauty to behold, especially as we are counting down towards Easter celebration. First Corinthians chapter 15, I read verse 20. It says, but now Christ is risen. Paul was basically building a case. This, this lie was peeping amongst the Corinthian church and it was gaining ground. And some were doubting resurrection and, and, and Paul was challenging them and saying, so what do, what do you mean that you are born again? If Christ was there, if, if he died and that was it, who atoned for you? Who paid for the forgiveness of your sins? By whose stripes were you healed? The stripes of a dead man? Oh, he is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is the God of the living. He is not the God of the dead. It says, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits. Somebody say first fruits. Somebody say first fruits. It means all of us also. We'll rise. It says, for sins, by man came death. By man also came resurrection. Boy, if you have a good Bible, there is a man in lowercase. There is a man in uppercase. Verse 22, for as in Adam, all die. Even so, in Christ, all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ, the first fruits, afterwards those who are Christ's at his coming. This is talking about the resurrection, the birth process into the third mankind. Those who are Christ's at his appearing. Those of us who are alive and the dead in Christ. He says, then comes the end, not death. Then comes the end. When he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. Somebody say, glory to God. So Christ is that guarantee. Is that guarantee. I, I am telling you the possibilities of this life. It has implications for you. Number one is to ensure that we move with a bit more aggression at communicating this good news so that at his appearing, you will be found in him. And also for those of us who want to say, priesthood, I will do it. I will do it. And this, this remember our illustration, bicycle, we begin to fly like it was designed in Boeing. 
like Airbus made it. It, it might look like a bicycle, but boy, can it do 35,000 feet? Thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Mm. So number one, there is a guarantee of true resurrection, not a raising from the dead to die again, but a living forever, never to know death, never to see death, never to grow old. Let's just, let's on that note go to number two. It gives us a new body. The new body is where the engine now meets its match. <laughs> Glory to God. Where the engine, the, the spirit of God now, now, now meets a body prepared that it can do full expression with. Second Corinthians chapter five, second Corinthians chapter 5, I read from verse 1 to verse 5. It says, for we know if Thomas was in the Corinthian church, he would have written a letter to Paul. I'm just, this is just a personality digression. Thomas was that guy. Thomas was that guy. Did you have colleagues like that in school? I don't know about you. Med school was... Hard and tough. You just want the lecture done and you just want to go catch maybe 10 minutes of a power nap. And the teacher says, after a very long, boring lecture, any questions, just for, for world's peace and for the sake of sanity, no question, sir. No question, ma. We are good. Thank you. I don't know about you, but we had some folks in class. You were just sure it doesn't matter. Whether it's been a five-hour lecture, whether you died the day before, it, it, they have question. They have question. It doesn't matter. They have question, which is proof they were actually listening. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my. Thomas was that guy. He was that guy. And we'll get to Thomas shortly. But Paul is making an assumption. He says, for we know. Paul, we know what? He says that when these tents that we live in now, I'm reading from the Living Bible, is taken down. It says when we die and leave these bodies in its current version, we will have wonderful new bodies. Somebody say new bodies. The scientist in me follows a lot of new breakthroughs in the scientific community. I read, a lot, read research publications and I'm really impressed by some of the progress that is being made in the world of anti-aging research and there are many today who believe that the individuals that can live forever are probably alive today in, in terms of this, this flesh. They found some things in the DNA They've studied epigenetics and they've, they've, they've unlocked the mystery of set twins and some telomeres. I just wanted to, you know, prepare you a bit to, to let you know I'm reading scientific research. Glory to God. And they, they, they sincerely, see, these guys really believe it. They believe they won't and they can't die. Do you know they, they, hmm, God is God. The, this, these guys forget that. You can have perfect DNA and a, 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 a miscreant driving under influence 
can eat you and that's the end of your perfect DNA. Boy, I'm talking about a body that you, you, cannot, you cannot run into it. It does the, the issue is not just at a genetic level of aging. This is a new, he calls it wonderful new bodies. Nothing can run into it. A car is going, the car is, this body can walk comfortably on water. This body can fly without wings. Mm. Wonderful new bodies and this is the body you will know for the longest because your time on earth is really truly short compared to eternity. This is the real you that you will be, that I will be. I can imagine us reigning in glory and we have flashbacks of when we used to be on earth, when we used to have bodies and when this, this old version of PD was the one saying that this is really, and you just look at it. In our ripe old age where we are dying at 120, if Jesus tarries, and you will discover how short it is. Set your affections on things above. How short really and truly it is. Mm. It says this body, this, he calls it new bodies in heaven. Homes that will be ours forevermore. Made for us by God himself and not by human hands. It says how weary we grow in our present bodies. This body that gets tired, that needs food, that needs sleep. This body that needs medical checkup. This body that, that ages. This body that sloughs. Science has told us the, the I don't want to go too scientific on you. But this, your skin surface sheds off incredible number of cells that, than you can imagine. When Paul says, I die daily at a biological level, it is also very true. He says, that's why we look forward eagerly to the day when we shall have heavenly bodies. Oh boy, I can't wait. I can't wait. Perfect perfection. You know, Jesus is the only member of the Trinity with a body. <laughs> Think about it. It says we shall not be merely spirits without bodies. That's important. We are, we, are not, we are not just vagrant things floating in limbo. It says we will have bodies. These earthly bodies make us groan and sigh, but we wouldn't like to think of dying and having no bodies at all. We want to sleep into our new bodies. S-L-I-P. So that these dying bodies will, as it were, be swallowed up by everlasting life. This is what God has prepared for us and as a guarantee he has given us his Holy Spirit. I think in the King James it says an earnest, a deposit, a down payment. Hear me, child of God, accurate Bible interpretation is important. This scripture doesn't mean God gave you a small version of the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. You have the fullness of the Spirit. It tells us in multiple instances they were filled and they were filled, and they were filled, and began to speak. And they were filled. What the scripture is saying, as far as you knowing that your, the engine on your inside will find its match on the outside, the spirit of God has been, has been, has been, has been, a, a way has been found to still make him fit here. And Paul says if he dwells, if he, if he can make it habitable. A new body. A new body. He calls it a tent. I think it's the new King James. It says we have a tabernacle, not built by hands. A home made by God himself, designed for you, designed for me. 
May we not miss it. In the mighty name of Jesus. John chapter 14, John chapter 14, Jesus giving us insight into this new body. Many have taken the scripture to imply that God has houses in heaven. He has houses in heaven. Depending on how good, how well you were, some have duplexes, some have four bedrooms, some have finished basement, some have basement under construction. Some have townhouse, some have faced me, some will even rent. They won't be <laughs> and some will be on the streets, the streets of gold. John chapter 14. Knowing this understanding, Jesus speaking, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. He's saying the abode of his presence. The, 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 the new tabernacle you are about to receive, he uses the metaphor of a mansion. He's not saying there are buildings there. He says, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Where is this place prepared? Boy, we will not. That preparation was on the cross. We, we will not go there. It says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will see to it. I will come again and receive you to myself. That's where I am. There you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Jesus to say, we know. So my guy shows up in verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? If Thomas didn't ask this question, we won't have John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Glory to God. Come on, can you say with me, I will have a new wonderful body. Say it like you believe it. Say it like you believe it. I, it might sound far off. Yes. But eventually, in the fullness of time, I will have a wonderful new body. First hmm. Corinthians chapter 15, we're still on point. Number two, number one, guarantees resurrection. Number two, secures for us. Guarantees a new body. A body that will not grow old. A body that cannot be destroyed. A body that will not need surgery. Remember the implications for you. There is an intensity of priesthood that you can operate at this level. That you will have in this current version a body that cannot get sick. A body that will not need surgery. It was said of the man of God, Smith Wigglesworth. He said there is so much life in this body. I'm paraphrasing now. He said a knife or a blade will never touch this body. What a statement to make. Such audacity of the spirit of faith. Many people who approach this intensity of priesthood that is approaching version 3.0 existence, they have an endowment of a crazy deposit of the spirit of faith. They do very... It was said that the circumstances of his death ideally required the coroner's report, meaning an autopsy needed to be done. He had said it, not this body. Who was, who, question, who was seen to it? Who even heard? Boy. 
1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. So he had been speaking in context here about a celestial body and a terrestrial body. The glory of the sun and the glory of the moon. He says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. He says, the body is sown in corruption, but it is raised in incorruption. It loses its ability to die. It says, it is sown in dishonor. It says, but it is raised in glory, meaning that the metrics, it is no longer carbon-based. I am speaking at a molecular level now, that there was a forming out of the dust, but this new body is not a dust body. It says, God made this one now. He didn't make it from the dust. He made it from himself. Glory to God. It says this one is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. 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 It says, but it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. It says there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Boy, we shall not all sleep. Oh, we shall not all sleep. It says, at the sound of the last trump, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We shall see him. We shall be caught up in the skies to be with him. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to say something, and, and the reason why I will say it publicly is because I know some of you write, some of you take notes, some of you journal. In this ministry, the Lord has told us that we will see raising of the dead. Go and write it down. It may not even be PD. I'll brag that I'm your pastor. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, if, and I'm not saying this to, to say that the documented cases happened in remote places. I'm just saying this so that you can see that there is something God is up to. If I was to go to some remote village somewhere and I returned and I told you, I prayed for five people, that were dead, confirmed dead, the medical doctor certified them, no pulse, no heartbeats. I checked the ECG, no nothing, everything gone, certified, confirmed, cold, buried, four days dead. All right. And I returned. It's, it's my word, it's my integrity. I know you guys will believe me, but the majority of the world will not. They want to see the death certificates. They will say, why, why did you have to travel there? So when God is saying he will do it here, in Ontario, he will do it here, in Canada, where there will be doctor's reports, where news will cover it. Boy, I will see it in my days. <laughs> These hands, glory to Jesus. These hands will do priesthood and we will see this divine life at work. In the mighty name of Jesus. I will not forget the story dear man of God shared. They were running crusades in the northern part of Nigeria, and there were two delegations. A, a, the first, you know, boss had taken some workers, some equipment for, for the crusade, and himself and the other pastors were coming in another vehicle. Some minutes into the journey, they got the terrible news of a fatal accident that their first boss was involved in an accident. Everybody was heartbroken. God, we are not on our way to a party. We are not on our way to go do. We are literally on the way for a crusade. 
We are, we are the angels. And the news had broken. We have, it, this is fatal. People have died. We are rushing bodies to the mortuary. And they called the pastor. He broke his heart. Being human. <laughs> Boy. He says he's sown in weakness. But he's raised up in power. And he got there. They said we want you to come and see the bodies. And he was wondering. What do you want me to come and see? His heart was broken. God we are obeying you. If we sat down in our houses. And we said no crusade. These guys will still be alive. And they told him one of his own sons in the faith. I think his name was James, if I remember the story correctly. Some of you heard it live from the man of God that shared it. And he was there. And the people said, sir, welcome, sir. Please pray. He was wondering, is it pray that God should comfort us? What do you mean pray? They believed that this guy will come back to life. The man of God did not believe it. He said, what do you mean by please pray? He said, sir, we'll pray. It's, it's God's work we were going to do. It's, we don't believe it is time yet. And the man of God said he was there. Reluctantly, praying a prayer of God, where were you? He was just there praying. He said, suddenly something roused on his inside. The, the spirit of faith arrived. And he said, in the name of Jesus. Before they knew it, he that was dead came back to life. It was said this guy was recently married and he had a three-month-old daughter. That was part of the sadness of the man of God. What kind of, what, 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 what is this? What is this? By the time the guy sneezed and got back to life, he looked at him, he said, Daddy, he said it in broken English. Why you called me back? That was, <laughs> he said, what do you mean? You have a wife, you have, don't be in a hurry. That's your, that's your eternal destination. You've got work to do here. And I speak over everyone under the sound of my voice. We are not in a hurry to go. Every plan of the enemy to cut us short is canceled, truncated by the blood. In the name of Jesus, I speak directly over your life, over your family. I bring you under the covering of the blood. And I decree, I decree and declare you will not die before your time. You will not die before your time. Oh, somebody saying, when is my time? Could it be today? Could it be tomorrow? No, it says it will satisfy you with long life. You will fulfill all of your days. All of your days. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say glory to God. Oh, yes, we will see great things happen in our days. We will. We will. Number one. Guarantees resurrection, never to die again. Number two, secures for us a new body, incorruptible, raised in glory, raised in power. Number three, it shifts us from being partakers to being possessors. I love this one. I love this one. To partake means you've been invited to share. You've been invited to share. I don't know about you, I, I, I grew up as, as the last born in, in, in a house where we had to share a lot of things. And part of the consequences of being the last born is after sharing, you also do not have the privilege to pick first. So you didn't break it and you don't get to pick first. Hmm. Somebody understands, some people don't get it, some people really get what I am talking about. When you hear this is for you and your brothers, you are now wondering do you share this kind of thing? 
Hmm? That's when some we start using <laughs> ruler and measuring tape and burette <laughs> to ensure equity and justice. But it always ended in tears. <laughs> In premium tears. Oh boy, imagine a life where you are now possessor. Glory to God, not just the partaker. It was Peter that gave us insights that in the here and now, you and I have an invitation not just to be natural people living a natural life, having a natural experience, experiencing natural things the way people experience them naturally, saying the same things, crying the same tears of the way natural. He says that right here in the here and now, there is an invitation to be a partaker of that supernatural divine life was earlier this week that the Lord laid it on my heart. Go back to the teachings, epignosis. It started from part one, the three commitments, part two, out of darkness. Um, the reason why I'm saying it is not because I remain, it's because I went back. The seven pillars. Partakers shifted us now. Not just to share in the life. It's now full, full, full. No more groaning, no more sighing. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 4, which is literally one of the scriptures from the teaching epignosis. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the experiential knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. Verse 4. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these you may, I may be partakers of the divine nature. Somebody say the divine nature. I don't want you to rush God's word. Somebody say the divine nature. Can you really picture what is going on here? It's like, it's like Peter is saying, there is a job we need to go do under the sea. The life there is the aquatic nature. I'm, I'm trying to make this relatable so that you can see what is going on. And he's saying you'll be given a mask. You'll be given an oxygen tank. It says, through these things, you may be partakers of an aquatic life. You were not, you don't, you, you don't have fins. You were not designed to exchange within an aquatic environment, but there's work for you to do there, for you to survive there. It says that, yes, we are living. Let me finish the verse. It says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It says in this, in, this, in, this, in this falling world, it is true that you have been resurrected into the new creation. But the, the creation as it is, is groaning. The lions are still wild. The snakes are still venomous. But there is coming a time, a, a restoration of all things. It says for now, you need your, you need your life jacket. You need your, 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 your gas tanks. You need your, this is not even just snorkel. He says you need tools to live that life. Boy, he says, but, but, but there is a shift coming in. You, you are not just going to be a partaker, going to find ways to survive there now. He says now you, 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 you own it. You now have fins. If fins are needed, fins show up. 
if wings are needed, wings show up. If somebody gets in this, there is a partaking of the divine nature, there is a fulfillment, a, a, a possessing of the divine life. No more corruption. No more corruption. What a life. What a life. What a life. What a life. Boy, what a life. What a life. I pray for you that this burden will be on your heart. That it will not be said of you that you majored on the minor. That you majored on the minor. Imagine a, a team of, of, of experts. They have a 10-year project. And there is a two-day training. A two-day training. The, the, the project is 10 years. These guys have been trained, equipped, and they're about to be deployed to, to, go, to, to go do wonders for just 10 years. I'm, using, I'm giving an, a, a figurative illustration now, but their performance in the two days training will determine if at all they will still go on. Imagine believing that you will, that those two days, <laughs> you will just finish yourself. Those, that, that, that's, how, that's how many of us are. The way we act on this side of eternity, it, we, we forget. Doesn't end here. Doesn't end here. And, and, and the decisions you and I make here determines how it ends. I had a dear man of God say that living on earth is probation, <laughs> probation period for eternal life so that God will know those he can entrust. Real matters too. Revelation chapter 21, I read from verse 22. As we begin to round up this evening, believe it or not, Mm. This is John speaking by revelation. I saw no temple in it. No temple? For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Remember what he says, in my father's house, in this tabernacle, so many mansions, we will, we will be engrossed in the fullness of his presence. He says the city had no need of the sun. Of the moon, remember at the beginning, he made two great lights, one to rule the day. Here, there, there, boy, what is great light in his presence? Is 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 immortality that that dwells in unapproachable light? You, you they, they, <clears throat> he says, the lamb is its light. It shines brighter than the sun. It shines brighter than the brightest. It says, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor oh is lord every knee will bow every tongue will eventually confess that jesus is lord it says its gates verse 25 shall not be shut at all by day there shall be no night there and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it but there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those, not good people, not nice people, only those who are written in the Lamb's book. If you have a good Bible, your book is in uppercase. Your book is not a book of pages. Your book is a person. That person is Christ. Only those who are written in him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I am chosen in him eternally. Thank you for an election of grace. Before the foundations of the earth, 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. I will live for you here and I will reign with you in glory. That's my life. That's my life. That sincerely is the summary of my life. And while I am here to do is bidding and to please him. Blood well spent. If you don't know what I do. <laughs> Number four. This is my favorite. This is my favorite because we can do practical for number four tonight. And I want to challenge you to have an expectation for number four tonight. Number one, remember. It guarantees resurrection, never to die again. Number two, guarantees a new body, a new body, an undiable, incorruptible, immortal body. Number three, shifts us from being partakers of the divine nature. It says they've escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss to now being full possessors of a city where is the light. Number four, limitlessness. True limitlessness is a possibility of the last Adam. John chapter 21. This is now the resurrected Christ making appearances. And I can tell you one of the obsessions of limitlessness is to do what scripture calls showings, showings, appearances, showings, appearances, showings. It will make sense shortly. As we are rounding up, I want your expectation to go from, in fact, if you've been distracted from the beginning, I want you to zoom your antennas to utmost sensitivity. There's something for you right here. This, this one in the here, and now there is a practical demand that you can place, that I can place on this resurrected Christ. He, 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 this limitlessness permits showings. It shows us, it tells us, John 21 is beautiful. It begins to show us how early in the morning Mary at the, the Marys had arrived at the tomb with the big headache. Who will help us roll the stone? Boy, but they got there and discovered that the stone had been rolled away. It tells us of two disciples. Well, John as a way of writing about himself. But the summary is that the disciples came, saw nothing, and they left. It says, but Mary waited, and she was crying, and two angels appeared to her, and said, what are you doing here? What are you looking for? I am looking for my master. Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. He is raising. Come see where he lay. And she said, well, I need to see him. I need to see something. And she stayed there. Others had gone home. She stayed there. She stayed there. She stayed there. I hope somebody's getting it. She stayed there and she said she saw someone. <laughs> Thinking it was the gardener. Boy, there's something about limit this, this showings that there's initially not recognition. Is it possible he has, he has appeared to you and you didn't know he was the one? In your dream? <laughs> In real life? At the mall, so when he's saying, Pete, it's night, it's night, please. Oh, yes, I am expectant, boy. I am expectant. I am expectant. It says, and then verse 19, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, 
where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. These guys were still shaking. It, it, was, it was turbulent times. The one they had done ministry with, the one they had fed thousands with, the ones they had stilled storms with, the ones that they had raised the dead with, the one that they had healed all sorts of diseases had died a shameful, embarrassing death on the cross. And they were scared that we'll be the next targets. So they were living in hideouts, living in fear, hiding themselves. It says that Jesus came, glory to God. It makes it clear the doors were shut. Where the disciples were assembled, it says, but Jesus came and stood. I am telling you, it can bypass doors. It doesn't need visas. It doesn't need to board the plane. It's living in a completely, absolute, limitless space now. No distance, no time. This is not just a random existence in the realm of the spirit. This is a, produ this is a product of the life of God, the, the resurrected body now. He kept, you know, he kept it. When you see him, you will still see those scars. When you see him, you will still see those scars. He kept it as an eternal souvenir of his love. I did it for you. I did it for you. I can see what eternal damnation. I can see what eternal terror looks like in hell. I won't have you go there. All you need to do is to believe. He kept it. He kept it as, a, as an eternal reminder of an ultimate sacrifice sacrifice of his love but the key point here is that the doors were shut and he was able to make his way there anybody's faith ready this evening to trust him for his showing this limitless god this limitless resurrected christ is still doing showings oh yes he's seated at the right hand of the father oh boy does he live in my heart does he live in your heart if you are saved so how many jesuses are we talking about we're talking about limitless jesus he's still making appearances I want to make a case for my guy again, Thomas. You can tell I love him because we should be grateful for him. We just gave him a tag, doubting Thomas. We should be grateful for Thomas. When you study scriptures, you'll be grateful for people like Thomas. Imagine us not knowing that Jesus is the way, the truth. Do you know what experts will have sold to us? <clears throat> Do you know what respected religious leaders will have sold to us? That it's the same God. All of us is just different airlines, same destination. Do you know the lies they will have packaged to us in the name of, 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 of interfaith? Thank you, Thomas. <laughs> and most importantly, thank you, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. It says, wait, listen, I know we're rounding up, but pay attention. When Jesus appeared to these guys, he told them, peace be with you. When he had said this, Jesus volunteered. He showed them his hands and his side. Before you start judging Thomas, someone is in PD, did Thomas recruit you as his? Jesus showed them. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. They were like, yes, it is you. So they carried the gist to Thomas. Say, we've seen the master. Thomas first gave them side eye. Which master? Jesus. Which Jesus? His reason. Which reason? I need empirical evidence. CCTV footage. Genetic profiling. DNA. That is the one. <laughs> you know what Jesus didn't say? That's his business. He showed up again for Thomas. He showed up again for Thomas. He will show up again for you. Oh, he sees the doubts in your heart. He sees the uncertainty. 
It sees how the temporariness of this earth is already swaying your faith and your confidence in him. And he's sending me to let you know it doesn't end here. My love begins here, yes, but it doesn't end here. It will come for you. Is that deliberate about you? It says in verse 26, and after eight days, his disciples were again inside. And Thomas with them. This time, it was there. It says, Jesus came, the doors being shut. Why is the Bible emphasizing this? The doors being shut. It means it can find you. There is no limit to him. It can go through spaces. It can pull your file out. It can speak in your favor. It can be your advocate. Oh boy, does he love appearances? Even from the Old Testament, the fourth man in the fire, the one who blessed Abraham, blessed be most, blessed be Abraham of El Elyon. Possessor. Jesus came, the doors being shut, stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, there was a crowd there, he came for one. There was a crowd there, he came for one. Oh, the one we had written out, the one we had called skeptic, the one we had called agnostic, the one we had called atheist, he came for just that one. Jesus said, reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach, remember, he showed the first group. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, boy. If Thomas didn't have this experience, we wouldn't have John 21, 29. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. believed. And pronounced the blessing for me, for me, for you. He said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Oh, there was a man who didn't walk with the second Adam. He didn't know Jesus as he did ministry. In fact, when Jesus had died and some of these disciples claimed that he was alive and they had received this power and they had some spirit that was driving them to do all sorts, this guy said to it, he committed himself to it, I will not only kill them, but I will kill everything and everyone that supports it. Scripture introduces us to this man at the, at the crew, well, we can't say crucifixion, at the death stoning ceremony of the, of the servant of God, Stephen. It says there was a man that was trusted to see to it that Stephen was dead. They, 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 they left their clothes there and they went to do real stoning. This was the guy breathing fire and pangs. Never met Jesus. Never believed Jesus. Never did ministry with him. As far as he was concerned, these guys are clueless and that they are dangerous. We must see to it that all of them are annihilated and cleared off. Oh, may I announce to you, child of God, there is no one irredeemable. There is no one his love cannot come for. Jesus shows up this time, not as the second Adam, but as the last Adam, as a shining light on that road to Damascus. And he announced, Saul, Saul. Oh, he's still making appearances. And I pray for someone who is yet to make a decision for Jesus that you will open the gates of your hearts and you will cause him, allow him to make an appearance there. Let him bring joy back. Let him bring hope back. And for those of us who we know he lives here, can we trust him for an appearance, for a visitation? It doesn't need the passcode. It doesn't need the garage combination. It doesn't need a parking pass. 
is limitless. Oh, he wants to tell you things. He wants to show you. I want us to pray a prayer. Not everybody, but for those of us who are ready. Jesus, the Son of God, show yourself to me. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. He, he, he desires to make appearances. This same man will experience this light. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I believe this is our last scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 1. Paul speaking. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. He's saying there's no use boasting. But if we want to boast, he says, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I've seen him. I've heard his voice. He's spoken to me. I know he lives in me, speaks to me. But I've, I've, I've done priesthood to Adam 3.0 level. We're having appearances. He's showing up in my house. What if someone told you Jesus comes for dinner in this house every night? And you look at the person, you must be very crazy. And the person says, I'm serious. Was it not in John 22? The chapter after this, at the Sea of Tiberias, they still didn't recognize him. You will need a, an unveiling to see that this is my Lord and my God. Rabboni, he's not a gardener. He's not a, he's not a, he's not a what do they call, lifeguard. He's not a lifeguard. At the Sea of Tiberias, they were struggling with this same fishing thing again. And he shows up and says, children, oh, ancient of days, limitless and ageless. He says, children, children. Hmm. It says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, it says, whether it was in the body, I do not know. Whether out of the body, I do not know. This is, this is, this is humble boasting. It says, such a one was caught up to the third heaven, and I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words. This guy had done so much priesthood, he was living the life beyond while here, I pray for you that the corruption and the littleness, the smallness, the ephemeralness, pardon my French, that's bad English, but, but this, 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 this existence as we know it, that is selling towards itself to us as real. When we know this is not real, that the Lord will deliver you. Every, every rope, every investment that this world has in you, that the Lord will flush all of it out of you. That you will now take your place and be, bring dominion for him in the earth in a readiness to rule and reign with him in eternity. In the mighty name of Jesus. He says, I'll have love to boast. But I'll not boast in this except in my infirmities. Hmm. I love verse 6 in the NLT. He said, I won't take credit beyond what can be seen in my life or heard in my message. Hear me, child of God. He's still in the business of appearances. This limitless one is still making showings. He wants to show himself in your heart. He wants to show himself in your family. He wants to show himself in your marriage. Hear me, KICC Canada? He wants to show himself in our midst. He wants to show himself in our city. He wants to show himself in our nation. He wants to show himself in our world. He wants to dine with you. Is still making appearances. The same one who showed up in Acts chapter 1, spent time with the folks, dissected matters of the kingdom, is still making showings. Is still making showings. Will you open up for him? 
Will you open up for him? Are you challenged to take his gospel? And to say, oh, my brother, oh, my sister, I will pray for you. I will share the gospel with you. And I will spend time on my knees to see that you the, the scales will fall off and you will see clearly. Are you ready making a commitment to do priesthood? That this, this immortal will begin to realize and understand what immortality looks like. That this limitless one begin to make appearances and you and I will begin to have experiences where we are hearing inexpressible words. Where our life or death is one of advantage. Is one of advantage. A, 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 a full exhibition of the divine nature. That's the calling upon your life. That's the calling upon my life. But first and foremost, I want to agree this evening with those who are saying, he needs to make an appearance in my heart. I've been going to church, but he does not live here. I have a Christian name, but he does not live, he does not live here. Oh, I teach a Bible class, but I know he does not live here. He does not live here. And they are saying, PD, pray with me. Oh, let today be the day of salvation. Let it be the beginning of the rest of your life. The same prayer with me. I'll pray with you. Category two, people. You're saying this body is too weak. This body is weak. I need, I need a surge of resurrection power. There's weakness. My doctors have given a diagnosis. There's weakness there. Boy, I'm telling you, trust God. This is a virtual meeting. I am saying the power of God will hit you powerfully where you are. If you can believe. He, he told Thomas, stop being unbelieving and believe. That's my instruction to you. Oh, there is a diagnosis. There, it's, it's, it's age related. It's a chronic condition. It is common in this age group. And I'm saying there's something called the divine life. Category two, I'll pray with you this evening. Category three, the few of us who are ready for an appearing. That this limitless, ageless one is still making showings. Mm, Jasper, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whether it's your first time or you are rededicating your life to Jesus, it's my pleasure and privilege to pray this prayer with you. Please say with me, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking my place in the grave. Thank you because on the third day, you rose victoriously from the grave. I believe you're alive today. Come live in me. Come live through me and give me the grace to live for you. I renounce my past. I renounce the darkness and I say yes to you. I say yes to your will. I say yes to your way forever and ever. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I agree with your sons and your daughters under the sound of my voice making the greatest decision possible on this side of eternity, committing to you and receiving the life of Christ. I ask, Father, that their sins are forgiven in accordance with your word and that there is a supply of your spirit and a multiplication of your grace. In the name of Jesus, they will not return to what they have left, but they will go from glory to glory. Their names engraved in you, the Lamb's book of life. In the name of Jesus, the enemy will not be able to snatch them back. In the name of Jesus, Father, I hold my hands and agree with anyone under the sound of my voice that needs a miracle in their body. They are saying that, yes, this weakness is showing up. 
this chronicity is showing up. This geriatric reality, it's, it's age-related. It's a, it's a bending of the spine. It's an aging of some muscle tissue. It's an enlargement of an organ. It's a wilt in a way of some function. Whether it's the kidneys, the lungs, whether it's in the bones and the blood, in the marrows, by the authority in the name of Jesus, I release life into that vessel right now and I command it to come alive. You seek lying prostrate on the bed, get up now. In the name of Jesus. I said, get up now in the name of Jesus. Begin to do what you were not able to do. There is a surge of life right now. Begin to do what you were not able to do. Life, life is released right now in the name of Jesus. That mortal body is receiving quickening. It is receiving, it is receiving quickening in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, the Son of God, seated at the right hand of the Father in glory, ever making intercessions for the saints. You are still in the business of appearances. Your light is still arresting many on their own roads to Damascus. We invite you for a unique encounter. Show yourself. Show your power. Show your glory. Change us. We refuse to remain normal people. We will run by your power. We will bring glory to your name. Thank you, gracious Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Come on, if you can, jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you're a champion. God bless you.